Welcome to Rambling Reality, the meanderingly pointed podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Hannon, aka the resident academic nerd with research cream tendencies. Today's episode of Rambling Reality will feature Mark Fitton's Elsa's Kitchen, the idea of being too female and the absurdity of such a statement, and how passion can create complex women, characters, and non-characters who have a lot to say. But before I get into that topic entirely, I want to say something about the last podcast. I asked for some listener feedback and I didn't hear too much. I'm not sure if that was Survey Monkey being Survey Monkey. If so, I need to try Google Docs maybe. But the one thing I heard back on was I need to be a little bit more focused. And I totally agree, by the way. When I started Rambling Reality, I wasn't sure what the podcast should be about. Hence the name. But I kind of have an idea now. Every podcast will feature a topic that directly affects me without being meandering. And I'm going to try and have more interviews, more guests, because I kind of agree. It's very hard to always listen when someone is just talking on their own. It can get very monotonous. So I'm going to work on that. You got to give me a little while because... Tech and no budget means things can be a little bit shaky. But Rambling Reality is kind of coming up with something new. Working on it again. I promise. I haven't forgotten. In the meantime, I'm going to ask everyone to look at more of my website stuff. <laughs> Meaning the Google Docs, sorry. I'll have a link to it up as soon as this goes live again. And I would really appreciate it if someone would fill out more information. But if not, I do understand. I'm just trying to get a little bit of reader feedback on what everyone thinks and feels. And solidify just a little bit more. Also, I've come to realize I was actually using call to actions without knowing it. When I give you my Instagram, Facebook, all those names, I'm not actually promoting myself in a way of go take a look at these links because I actually don't have any affiliate links. I'm getting nothing out of it. It's just because each of those social media sites have got a different look into my, to who I am. Because obviously if you listen to the podcast, if you subscribe, you care. So the idea is just to give you another view that I may not talk about on the podcast itself. Meaning, you know, Facebook will have a little bit more into a quick topic that's not limited to 140 characters. Twitter gives you an overall broad view of my opinions and who I feel is important or a topic that I feel is important to talk about. Instagram has pretty pictures. I'm going to occasionally remember to put them up because I have to transfer them from my camera because I have a new phone that has kind of a crappy camera. Every one of those links that I keep talking about are not random. However, I have realized I can consolidate it to one site for you to catch all that information at. If you go to researchqueen.xyz, you'll have a full list of all my social media, all my sites, everything is in that one 
area and it's on the front page in the little social media icons so you can find everything. So if you would like to visit more information about me, please visit researchqueen.xyz and that makes it easier for everybody. If you want to specifically follow me, my best suggestion would be to check my Twitter at Jessica Hannon 81. It's most updated social media because I can use it on the fly when I'm Thank you guys so much for listening. It means a lot. Now, time to listen to Elsa's Kitchen Passion. What makes a complex woman? And hey, look at that. I even talk about friends and people that I know. It's not just my head. It's not just my head. And as the final podcast probably of May, I want to say Mental Health Month is really important. And when depression lies, when it tells you you don't matter, when your head just kind of rewires what you want to say and it's not always easy, just know depression always, always, always lies. Your brain isn't always the most fervent supporter of your life, but just know there are people out there that do listen and they do care. On with the show. Mark Fitton's Elsa's Kitchen is an homage to Milan Kundera in many ways. One of the largest examples, I think, is the intrusive narrator and the incorporation of the women. And I say the women because there's Elsa, who's very thoughtful and unsure, but knowing that she needs something else. And I think that's really important when it comes to looking at women who aren't 20. And that's not to knock 20-year-olds, but when you're in your late 40s, early 50s, when you're growing in a different direction than previous life stages, there's a tendency to kind of make it all Hollywood. By Hollywood, I mean very starter wife, and that's not another knock against an amazing Deborah Messing miniseries and then limited run uh, TV series. But it's very caddish. And yeah, there is some some jealousy and there is some inability to know what the future should hold. But I think that's not necessarily a bad thing because humans by nature are messy. We're not perfect. But when you watch Elsa's progression, you see the world through her eyes. Men are not given names even. They're known as the chef or the professor of meats, the professor of sauce, or the critic. Because ultimately, in this world, the women hold all the power. Women have names. Women have possibilities. And you may not always see that in... And surprisingly, it's not written by a woman, especially me. I mean, I'm going to give this a pretty harsh critique on my blog, but one of the best parts of the book is how women are integral. And the best way I can put that together is, oddly enough, by 
Wonder Woman. You know, she's been around in our American pop culture mythos for, what, over 70 years? And she's just now getting her own movie? How crazy is that? And I do mean crazy because this is Mental Health Month. CBS just recently passed on the Nancy Drew TV series by calling it too female. Really? The key movie audience, the key demographics for almost every major household product advertising. Want proof? Check what happened when ABC canceled soap operas. The women that were motivated went after the advertisers. Who was advertising in daytime television time slot? Domestic products. So there's a very real power in what women can hold when it comes to economic decisions within a household, be it family, singles slash individual, be it other ways like families that aren't necessarily the 2.3 kids but the people that are responsible for moms dads you know creating that that family unit outside of what we see so by calling something too female you're diminishing what women create that goes back again to the starter wife because everything comes down to the perk benefits of being a starter wife right but that's not really true again i know i said domestic products but that's because these are items that help balance a family y'all ever not had a dishwasher it creates havoc on a house i mean it's easy to wash a dish for one person if you have the mental fortitude to do it because not everybody does there are some times where mentally you just don't have it but if you add two three four five etc people in the family without having dishwasher be it manual or automatic it gets to be very exhausting so each of these items have a value outside of just the purchase and you know, Wonder Woman is a huge part of that. I'm a millennial, but I'm an older millennial. I was born in 1981. And that provides a lot of, of ability to be in between an X and a Z and even Y's because as we all know, these labels just go by basically advertising directives and how that can be solidified and who to touch. And Wonder Woman for me was Linda Carter. It was Xena. Yeah, Xena to me was Wonder Woman for a very long time in my teenage years when she was first coming out. And you kind of get that feeling with Elsa. She suddenly had it becoming her own Wonder Woman. She's having to learn how to fight back against people, against things, against situations. And that's not to say Man's World, even though Man's World is often the touted titling of it because as women we can be just as abusive as men if you want to check that out you guys should check Anne Bishop's Black Jewels world that's a seriously gray messy world that's dominated by women women have the power but it doesn't matter because corruption starts within the self of the person doing the actions right what I got from Mark Fitton's work what I got from Elsa's world was she needed to reevaluate and find a better place 
And by better place, I don't mean physical. I don't mean the walls around her. I mean, she had to find a better place within herself. And when you watch this journey, when you watch her find that missing key that she didn't know was there and how she finds it, it's the simplest selection, but she doesn't realize it until she's able to figure out what's missing. If you've ever read Milan Kundera, who I'm probably mispronouncing the name, I'm sorry, Josh, I really am trying. Oh, side note, Josh is my former English professor, but I'm I'm just awful at names sometimes, especially uh, Central European names, because all the little umlauts, not umlauts. Again, I have questioning about if I'm saying Elsa's name right, because in German, the Z is more of an S, and the S is more of a Z. I suddenly realized a lot like how people feel like when they're trying to speak English trying to do this, but there's something very real in her need for connection and her need for validation because as humans we all need validations it's mental health month right if you want to read a really good story about a woman that goes over her own limitations not just society but her own you definitely should check this book out Here's a short excerpt early in the book from Mark Fitton's Elsa's Kitchen. She sliced off two generous portions of the marinated loin and dredged them in flour. She chopped the onions, heated the butter and olive oil in the large skillet, and when the fats began to hiss and spit at her, she smiled and dropped in the chopped onions and then the pork loin. The food hissed in the pan and the smell of onion and garlic hit her nose immediately. Her stomach growled as she browned the meat on both sides and cooked everything until the onions were caramelized. When they had reduced to a fraction of their original size and the meat was sufficiently brown, she added the paprika. She started into the mixture of onions and butter and olive oil. She started around the skillet over the pork loin. She lifted the skillet off the flame to keep the paprika from burning. She lifted it and stirred until everything was a deep and rich red, the color of an apple skin. She lowered the heat and let the skillet cool a bit before returning it to the flame. She covered it and let it stew. In a ceramic bowl, she mixed sour cream, a bit of flour, and fresh dill. This was the key to the meal. This was her sauce. She stirred it until it was all smooth. She had 30 minutes in front of her before she could add it, so she took the time to make her phone call. She asked the, a receptionist after her two instructors she had been fond of. She had given a telephone number, but before she called it, she went back to her kitchen and removed the lid to the skillet and slowly spooned the sauce in. The onions and paprika blended with the cream and dill. She stirred slowly, a spoonful at a time, and everything took on the color of salmon. She tasted a bit and nodded. The dill was pungent. The paprika was tangy. The texture was creamy. Elsa's mouth watered, and she wanted to dig into the rest of it right away. She didn't. She turned off the stove and moved the pan from the range. She left it covered. She went back to the refrigerator and found a few prepared dumplings. She warmed them in another skillet under a low heat. 
She opened a bottle of white wine. She made herself an actual plate. She garnished it with parsley. She carried the entree into the dining room and arranged it on the table. She stood over it and looked. She lit a candle and sat down to eat. When that first bite passed her lips and fell on her tongue, she couldn't help but sigh. The sauce was good. It exploded in her mouth. It was spicy and creamy and rich in filling. She cut through the meat and took a sliver in her mouth. Perfectly tender meat. Hints of the wine spread across her mouth and into the back of the throat. She chewed and swallowed and ate her meal. She drank her glass of white wine. She enjoyed it. She really enjoyed it. She was excited by the meal. Simple, tasteful, perfect. she's cooking and as a cook that is an amazing idea no I'm not formal like she is I don't have the education but there's something very peaceful in cooking for someone or cooking with an intended purpose and I wanted to share this scene because it kind of kickstarts Elsa's journey and I think that's really important sometimes when I first started to blog when I needed to find some place to be before I owned Clever Girl, I had a few recipes up because I'm on food stamps. I'm not ashamed of it. Life is hard. Sometimes you don't always get what you need from the world, right? I mean, that's the whole point of my blog post, When Depression Lies. But food is something different. Food is an escape. It's a way of saying, I love you to the people around you. It's a way of saying, I really wanted to try for you. This means a lot. And I think that matters to Elsa. I think that's what matters to most people when they make food and they try something new. Or when they create a comfort food that everyone knows how to make. Like for me, my comfort food, honestly, is scrambled eggs and vegetables. And all these different ingredients. It creates this, it's what I call a a breakfast scramble it changes it varies on whatever ingredients I have at the house or whatever I have you know at the time of the month but it's basically eggs potatoes some hot pepper or some hot cream cheese it has you know jalapenos in it something that has that spice with some extra red crushed pepper you know you add in um other foods like I like mushrooms I think mushrooms and spinach should go in everything there's just this great connection along with onions and garlic and paprika like Elsa you know these are the core parts of being southern I think in creating a food that works and that's pretty awesome it's something I connected with Elsa with. Um, you know, what do you connect with people with? Is it writing? Is it food? Is it hugs? Is it affection? Is it physical? You know, I love you. It's like, what, what do you do to say you matter to me and thank you for being here for me? I've been told by my fiancé, Sven, that I should write a cookbook. I've been told by other relatives 
and other people that matter in my life, like my cousin Christy, that I should create a cookbook because I do everything on a very limited budget. I would, but honestly, my recipes change at any given time. It's whatever I have. Like, I created non-pizza because I can't have corn. Corn doesn't agree with me. But things made with flour go really well with my body. As long as I'm careful about it because I have to be as a diabetic. You know, it's the same way that I create other kinds of food. The other day I made gumbo for the first time. I love gumbo, but I've never attempted it because it's always been a little bit, I thought, over my skill level. But making hearty, thick, comfort food is exactly what Elsa was doing. First she made the chicken paprika cream sauce meal. Then she made the pork loin brine and breakfast foods and, you know... All these things that kind of brought people in. And I think that matters. I really do. Finding that passion that you have. That you don't want to let it kind of go away. That's why I never became a cook professionally. Because I knew if I were to get so deeply involved. I would lose my love for it. Because I'd be measuring it against what everyone else thought and said and did. And that's the wrong way to be, in my opinion. You should never lose what you find so unbelievably satisfying. Because it becomes a core part of who you are. Be it writing, be it food, be it reading, you know fixing motorcycles, farming and tilling the land. It's all part of who you are. And that's what books bring out. And that's what Mark Fitton reminded me of. Problem with Kundera's characters, especially the women, is sometimes their passions are wrapped up in the world around them. And the world around them in the 1960s and, and times of great conflict were men because men were the security, right? Men are still the security. And that's why moms kind of tell families and women to find the perfect man because they're that that solid piece and that's often not the case if you are not solid within yourself you are not going to be happy within Elsa she's got a 30 year old lover the sous chef who adores her who loves her but she keeps rejecting because it's not perfect for her even though he keeps trying to push it because brine shrimp, because brine pork is not what she wants. She wants that little bit of sauce that just makes her go, oh, yes, this. And that's not that guy. It doesn't always work that way. Her passion does not lie with him. And this isn't just a commentary, obviously, about Mark Fitton's amazing work. This is a commentary about what makes you sit up. What makes you matter? What, what is your passion? My friend Jay, she writes for Wild Pantheon Press for Nerds of Color. And her passion is finding inclusion within diversity. Her passion is that niche where no one necessarily finds 
what they need. And so she tries to create that because she realizes that she's not the only one. And one day I'm going to have her on this podcast. But that's a tech thing. And as a non-tech major, that takes a bit of time. But ultimately what she finds passionate is what so many other people also find passionate. Just like Elsa's in her kitchen. Just like Elsa in her business. Just like Elsa in the new path that she needs to find along the way. Sometimes passion is justice. Sometimes passion is righting wrongs. Sometimes passion is standing up and saying, hey, here I am. I mean, isn't that kind of the point of Wonder Woman? To stand among others and say, wait, you need to redefine and say no when things are wrong. It's why we have superheroes. It's why we have women like Xena on the screen saying, hey, yeah, I messed up in the past, but I'm trying to right that wrong. That's why I always compared her to Wonder Woman as a child. Who women are depends entirely on the author, character-wise, obviously, the creator. But women characters, women, women are more than the assumption of character, not to be confused with character. Characters should be inspired by the women around the creator. And whoever Elsa is based on, Elsa was a strong woman that Mark Fitton knew. Strong, not in the trope sense, but strong as in someone with with mental fortitude and mental capacity to be more. And that's not to say it's one person or two or three. It could be quite a few people. But ultimately, the algamation is this very strong person who's gone through some crap and come out on the other end with a pretty strong redefinition. There is no two female. There is no two male. There is only human. Every single woman out there is defined within a very small unit. And that's why I hate stereotypes because they often go the wrong way. Stereotypes do more than hurt. Stereotypes create the wrong view of such complex, such deep, such psychological, mental, physical beings. Like, that's all they are is beings. That's all a woman is is a being. She's a complex person. And when you reduce them down to a single element, you're reducing them down to who they aren't. I mean, like, wasn't that part of the overall message of Sandra Bullock and Miss Congeniality. She came in with a a notion of who these women were and they weren't. They were so much more. Yeah, played for high laughs, blah, blah, blah. But if you break it down, ultimately, women found that why are we listening to them when we can define who we are? Like, her whole... (laughs) Her whole sing message was pretty awesome in that way because singing is more than just one 
way of being, right? Just like Elsa is more than just a cook. She's also a woman that's going through different parts of her life. Cooking gives her pleasure. Cooking gives her passion. But it's not the one, the one identifier. Just like my friend Jay is not identified by one part of her being. She's a whole lot more. Just like my gender fluid fiance is more than just one gender, one look, one person. Just like Xena, Wonder Woman, Nancy Drew, Starter Wives, and Hollywood Tropes, they're all so more complex than what we give them credit for. That is why I'm recommending Mark Fitton's Elsa's Kitchen entirely, in fact, because Elsa is more than one idea. There needs to be more of that media, whether it's being written by men or women. Thanks for listening to Rambling Reality. Want to leave a comment or have a question? Email me at jessica at researchqueen.xyz and don't forget to follow me on twitter at jessicahannon81 subscribe on itunes or add the podcast to your favorite rsv for all new episodes thanks guys bye Music by Josh Woodward from the Free Music Archive. Thanks!